Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And I know everybody's been hearing me for over a year now because we're now in season two. Every week, I'm still taken back by the heart-centered leaders that I'm meeting, that I get introduced to. And today, I want to introduce you to Michelle McVitie. I was joking with her before we hit the record button to say, I can't believe our our paths have not crossed, but they have now. And let me tell you a little bit about Michelle. She's a family and corporate consultant, a child life specialist, and an author. She is known to be a dynamic speaker who activates her audience to really take a closer look at what they value in their life. It's hard to find fulfillment in life and business when you are emotionally drained and unhappy. Michelle prides herself on guiding you through your own self-discovery to get you back on track to finding your joy again. I think I have found my soul sister in the self-care wheelhouse. So Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You know, your your mom extraordinaire. I love the name <laughs> of your website, Mom the Manager. Yeah. And I there's just so much richness of all the work and education that you're doing. And I'm really, really delighted to have you on the show. I'm excited to interview you. So if you're ready, I've got my questions ready for you. Let's do it. You have become a champion leader for many, many moms. Share with us how your journey led you to this path and how has it changed your life? Well, I am a mom. Uh, I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. And I have been working with children since I was 16. So I have lived and breathed family and children. I actually started teaching dancing at 16 years old. I taught for 20 years, worked in pediatric mental health and medical health. I worked in daycares doing behavioral support. And in my work, I realized there's a lot of people that just don't know where to go. You know, you can look something up very quickly on the internet. Dr. Google can tell you what the problem is, (laughs) but not necessarily how to fix it or if it's accurate. So what I realized was I am doing it. I have done it with people that I work with, with families, thousands of families, and also in my own life because I was spinning and spinning And I thought, this isn't working. So something needs to change. And then I thought, why keep this to myself? I want to share it with other people and other mothers, because unfortunately, this day and age, there's not a lot of break. And we're expected to work, to have a beautiful home, 
to have a gorgeous Instagram page and have our children in matching outfits. And it's just not the reality. So I wanted to pull back the layers a little bit and empower women that there's a different way and their way is okay. And here's some guidance. Oh, I love that. And I'm not going to ask your age, but I will tell you when I was growing up, you know, we watched the Brady Bunch and the Partridge family and leave it to Beaver. And I, and I was always intrigued at the moms were dressed and looked like they were ready to go to the office. And then they would don an apron and bake up something from scratch And as I grew with each decade, and now I'm in my mid fifties, I looked back and thought, what an interesting value system that the women, those in quotes, stay at home moms Mm -hmm. had for themselves. And I reflect on their self-care. They got up, put their makeup on, did their hair, put on a nice outfit you know, the kids were clean and fed and taken to school and they were going to come home and clean the house and prepare a home cooked meal, all while wearing a beautiful dress and have their hair up in a bun. And I look at the evolving, you know, decades of where we are now. And I loved how you framed that. There's such that obligation of perfection Mm -hmm. that sits on so many working moms and still stay at home moms, which is the hardest job ever. Yes. And it's that mindset that is so hard to shift. So I'm so happy that you're sharing your own experience and educating women and self-care is for everybody. And it is not selfish is my favorite saying that I love to coin. So to say that I have you as a wing woman in this world, just it brings <laughs> delight to my heart because it's a big job and there's not enough of us out there. I agree with you. I agree. So building on that, share with us what imperfections that you bring to your heart-centered leadership. All of my guests on the podcast from the very first episode get this question, and I'm always delighted to hear about what imperfections the guests have. So share with us what yours are. Um, Well, (laughs) I mean, how long do we have? You know, I think that's the thing is that... um, I'm not very organized and my time management is horrible. I went to a conference on executive functions and I realized, oh, this is why my husband always says, Michelle, get ready. (laughs) Because he loves to be everywhere on time. I'm not very organized. And it's through my work and through conferences that I would go to through my work that I realized, wow, like I really don't have it together. So how do I expect my kids to get it? And what I realized was when I started putting myself first and um, I felt better, right? And then I was able to step back and say, let's get organized. Let's clean the house. Let's declutter because you can't get rid of things, right? My mom's a baby boomer. So couldn't get rid of things. You might need it. You know, let's, let's hold on to this knickknack from, you know, um, or the spaghetti necklace from 1965. We don't need this. So um, I pared down and I also was uh, an impulse buyer and I saw a sale and you get that adrenaline rush. And I actually 
um, we were a Catholic family and uh, my kids were doing, you know, give something up for Lent. So a few years ago, I actually gave up um, buying for myself for Lent. So it was like exposure, like you would do with anxiety, right? Where it's like, I can't, I can't, I need it. I have three pairs of black pants, but these are an amazing deal. They used to be $150 and now they're on for $25. I need them. <laughs> and I said, no, I said, no. And I did that for two or three years in a row because this was my impulse to buy. And now I buy quality. I buy things that I want. And you know what? Sometimes I even buy things that aren't on sale and that fit correctly because <laughs> I would just buy stuff because it was on sale. And I thought that's not very respectful to myself. So organizing my home, getting myself in order, prioritizing my self-care and stopping the impulse buying were huge, huge shifts for me. And I'm a recovering pleaser. So I gave that up as well. <laughs> Oh, you know, I, that has come up many, many times on this podcast. And I always love to frame it and say, the hardest weight to lose is that of other people's opinions. Yes, exactly. And the other big thing that I love that you just shared was you buy what you want now, not what you need. Yes. Isn't that a freeing space to be? An executive functioning. I know all about that from my neurotrauma case management days. Yes. We can have a separate podcast on that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, my next question, the past year has been challenging for a lot of parents with homeschooling, working remotely, and the back and forth, back and forth, and all the concerns with protecting their children. Would you be kind enough to share with us three strategies that could help our listeners who are still trying to navigate the pandemic? And as you just beautifully framed, trying to do it all when you're homeschooling, you're working remotely, you're, you're, I'm painting the picture of, of the now for you. What have you done and, and what three strategies could you share with us? Number one is boundaries. We really have to set our boundaries. Um, When we're home, we feel like, well, I think our children are just like, oh, you know, even if I'm holding 10 things here, mom, can you hold this? And what do we do? Do we take it? Majority of us do, (laughs) you know, like, oh, fine, I'll take it because I don't feel like the fight. So what's happening right now is that we're home. So, oh, I see mom over there. Can you get me a glass of water? oh, you know, can you do this? Can I talk to you? Can I be in your space? And then we don't have anywhere to go. So we're kind of stuck in our homes, Um, you know, with weather changing, at least we can go outside, but we feel like there's no break. We're feeling suffocated and that we have to do it all. And the boundary is saying, I, you know, when I have an hour and a half of work time, put a pylon in front of your door, put a sign. I created downloadables on my Etsy store for that purpose. Unless you are like dead, do you need to come to the store? Let's do some problem solving, right? So, (laughs) you know, when we, when we struggle with, let's just do it because I'm stressed out, then we end up stepping over boundaries and constantly doing, doing, doing. And then that child is like, mom, can I have a sandwich? And our head pops off. It's not about the sandwich. 
you have been doing and doing and doing. And now all of a sudden it's like, I've had enough, no more sandwich. And how dare you say you don't want my sandwich. You don't like the sandwich. You do it yourself, but we have to step back. So boundary setting and um, creating a routine and set expectations is really important because we feel like, well, we've been doing this for 10 years. We've been doing this for five years. Why don't you get it? Because it's not a value to the children, right? My kids are off right now for spring break and I have written a list for myself and my husband and my kids. And I wrote what needs to get done. And then you just put your little initial beside it. Let me tell you, they get so excited to claim what they've done. And I wrote it down too. So it doesn't look like I'm walking around eating bonbons all the time, which the kids are like, well, why do, why do I have to do this? What about you? And it's like, fine, I will check off that I have cleaned the grout, that I have, you know, did my, did my 15 minute cleanup. So spe being specific, um, setting set expectations and acknowledging that behavior. So a routine can be helpful. What are the set expectations? You can have an hour of screen time, but you need an hour of outdoor time. And then the third thing would be self-care because you cannot pour from an empty cup. Working in pediatric mental health, um, what I see is parents struggle. They're struggling. They're overwhelmed. They're doing it all. And it's their goggles. It's like being stuck in a snow globe of stress. We can't see very clearly. So our perception is off. And when we settle ourselves, when we start doing things for ourselves, it lowers our stress level. So we're better able to cope with what is in front of us. You know, when parents say, my child goes from a zero to a hundred, well, they're not at a zero and you are probably not a zero as well. Out of 10, you know, where are you functioning? Are you functioning at a six? So your child spills milk before you have to get on a Zoom call, your head pops off because our stress levels are so high and it doesn't take much, but it's not about the milk. So being able to take time for yourself, creating a routine for yourself. I worked out this morning. Um, I got up early and I just did it because I love doing it. I love working out with weights and it makes me feel good. Did I feel like doing it? Absolutely not. Did I wanna sleep in a little longer? Absolutely. But you know what I did after I worked out and I was waiting for my coffee? <laughs> I'm like, I feel, I feel good. And you want to remember that. What we remember is I don't want to. But afterwards, even if you don't feel a, a 10, I felt a six or I felt a seven and I thought it was going to be a two. Well, again, you're speaking my language and I'm with you. That morning routine is non-negotiable for me. Mm, there's many days we want to roll over underneath our warm duvet and just stay there but we know mm -hmm. when we get up and do and be mm -hmm. it's uh it's not negotiable it's it's like the runner's high you always know when you start exercising in 20 minutes you're going to feel a lot better you're right great strategies love that okay last question is around work-life balance okay this phrase for me <laughs> pure, transparent moment, I kicked it to the curb five years ago. Mm -hmm. It is an intangible reality. Mm -hmm. 
and I reframe it and I like to call it work-life integration. So how do you have integration in your life and at the same time lead, mm-hmm. fall forward and model vulnerability, which is one of the best qualities to have as a heart-centered leader? Absolutely it is. You are a Brene Brown follower. You must be. <laughs> yes. So I, okay. So yes, I agree with you. Balance is about perception. And this is something that I've talked about in um, some of my corporate workshops. I am a working minds um, facilitator. So it, it, it's to helping to work um, mental health stigma. And there is so much pressure to look like everything is okay, to not pay attention to your mental health, um, to just sweep everything under the rug. When you step back and start prioritizing yourself, and I don't know if you've seen an abundance wheel before, I've created a few abundance wheels myself. Um, as my downloadables, but what I have people do is look at your, your abundance wheel. So it's, it's a pie graph essentially. And then on your pie graph, you can add, um, exercise, adventure, romance, um, money, your career. I mean, motherhood, whatever you want. Are your pieces of pie going to be completely full? Absolutely. That's unrealistic. But what you can do is look at the pieces of pie and say, wow, some of my pieces of pie are actually really full or, you know, pretty good, you know, maybe a six or a five and some of them are pretty low. So focusing on those and it's not about filling the pie. It's about saying what is out of balance? What do I need a little bit more of? And then I'm feeling stuck because I don't know how to make more money. I want more money. I don't know how to make more money. So how do I do that? Well, maybe I stop impulse buying, (laughs) you know, maybe I start making my own coffee or I talk to my my partner about it and say, what, let's look at our finances. Let's take a look. But a lot of us are surviving and not thriving. So the whole balance wheel, um, yeah, you're right. And then I think it's about perception because if I, what I do and I created my business because my corporate world was bringing me down. And what I needed was something to fill my cup. So my my business fills my cup. My morning ritual fills my cup. But knowing my love language, which is intimacy and quality time. My kids are home. My husband is home. I am loving it. Those are the things that are going to help. It's not an extra $1,000 a month, which of course would be lovely. However, it's the little things and we focus on the negative instead of what's going on. So I'm not sure if I answered the question, but you you did. And so many, so many nuggets in there that I love and your abundance wheel, I call my wheel of life. Yes. And I love the aha moments and it's quite emotional for people because when you really take the time to survey and self audit where you spend time is one thing. Yes. The emotion comes from where you realize where you don't. Exactly. And I think COVID has given people a big awakening in that regard and time to pause and exhale and loved how you frame that. And 
perception is right up there with uh, its cousin, which is misconstruing information. So, so valuable. All right. I'm going to switch to my fab four, four fun questions, whatever's on the top of your mind. Here we go. First question. What is the best part about being a mom? Oh, I love the quality time and experiencing life through them. The first time my, my daughter met Ariel and Disney, oh, I wish I could bottle that up. It's just amazing. I, I love, and I just, they're little beings that are just amazing. It's so cool to watch them grow and learn. Tell us something we don't know about you. Hmm. Well, I already told you that I teach dancing. <clears throat> oh. What don't you know about me? I'm such an open book. Um, well, um, oh my goodness, this is a hard one. I'm Polish. Do you know that I'm Polish? I don't know if you know that I'm Polish and that coffee is like a hug in a mug for me. And I, I, I can't go a day without coffee. Oh, I love that. I had a great friend in high school who was Polish and yes. I hope I'm going to say the name right. Yeah. Her mom used to make homemade petahaya, which is pierogies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So delicious. Yes. Yeah. See the fun things we learn about you. I That's love right. it. <laughs> Third question. Who is a woman you look up to and aspire to be and why? Brene Brown. <laughs> um, yeah, she is unbelievable. She's funny she's real, she gives quality information. And yes, I want to be standing in front of 1000s of people and supporting women, and parents and corporate people as well, because we get so stuck in the rat race, there can be a different way. Um, And I just I just, I could read her books over and over and over again. And I, I actually can't read her books and work out at the same time because I'm always writing notes. So yeah, she's just amazing. I I'm, I'm in the Brene Brown fan club with you. Yes. Um, the book that really helped me create this podcast. And it's one of my favorite books of hers is the gifts of imperfection. Really? I haven't read that one. but And uh, here we are on an imperfect heart-centered leadership podcast. It's true. It's All true. right. Last question for you. Do you have a favorite quote that speaks to who you are and how you live your life? Um, I believe, uh, well, she, I, she believed she could and she did. Um, and I think, or, and also, I also like, um, you know, be scared and do it anyway. Uh, As a recovering pleaser, like I said, my whole life has been taking care of others, making sure everybody is happy and stepping out of my my comfort zone. Writing my book um, was a huge, huge step for me. Um, My whole life, I've believed I could, but I didn't realize it. So those are the quotes for me that's like, why the heck not you? why not you? You can do this and you have a gift and just step out of your comfort zone. You're going to survive and it's going to be amazing. That's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you for spending time with me today and being on the show and sharing 
your time and expertise. And I know we, we can look forward to a lot more coming out of you in the future. And you will be speaking in front of thousands of people. I see you doing that. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're going to put all of Michelle's information below in the podcast episode description. Visit her website. It is a central repository (laughs) of goodness for every mom out there. She has incredible downloads. And I want to thank you for joining me again on the podcast. And if you like us, we would love a rating and a review. And we look forward to seeing you again on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.